0: Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and MPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the College Connection Podcast. Thanks for joining us today we have a special guest with us today. Please join Michelle and I in welcoming the Provincial Chief Nursing Officer of Newfoundland and Labrador Health Services, Joanne Pelley. Thank you so much, Joanne, for being with us today. We are delighted to have you as a guest.
1: Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure to be here.
0: Joanne, this episode will focus on your role as a Provincial Chief Nursing Officer of our newly established Provincial Health Authority. But prior to that, can you introduce yourself to the audience and listeners to get us started?
1: Sure. Sure. So I am, as you said, the Provincial Chief Nursing Officer with NLHS. I'm also the Chief Operating Officer for the Central Zone. Um, I have a Bachelor of Nursing and a Master of Nursing from Memorial University, and I've worked in healthcare for about 29 years. Um, the majority of my career has been in management and leadership portfolios. I was only in Frontline for about six and a half years. Um, prior to the transition, I guess, to a single health authority, I did work in many senior um, direct senior management roles in central health. And I was in, you know, a regional role of surgical services director. I was the vice president of population health and the chief nurse. And my title changed um, over a number of years because of internal restructuring. But I have been a chief nursing officer for about seven years. Um, I guess from a a personal perspective, I'm married. I have three sons, you know, ranging from ages 23 to 15. Um, I have a dog named Tuca, my cute little Australian Labradoodle. um, And that's a Boston Bruins goalie for any Boston fans out there. Um and I've also just started recently trying to tap into you know some creative side of myself. So I've done a little bit of cake decorating, took a few pottery classes, um, you know, love being out in nature. I got a piece of pottery on my desk that's a little bit squish, but I love it. It's my first time trying it. So hey.
0: <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much, uh Joanne. It's the imperfections that makes it great, hey? Yes. For sure.
2: <laughs> Progress, not perfection. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So, Joanne, as RNs, many of us have a moment when we knew that nursing would uh, be our career path, or uh, career path, or our choice in in moving forward, or our futures. Did you always have an interest in nursing, or was there someone or something that steered you towards the nursing profession?
1: So, I have a, a number of family members that were in healthcare. Um, you know, some were in medicine, some were in nursing. Um, I guess I've always had that perspective that I wanted to do something from a service profession, but not really sure what it was going to be. I actually started out um, doing science, um, but then moved towards nursing and I I haven't looked back since, I guess. So, you know, not necessarily um, an aha moment, but knew that there was going to be something in healthcare and nursing was a great choice and opportunity at the time. And even if you decided to do anything else, it was a great platform to have for going forward and anything else.
2: Great. Um, that's, that kind of ties into um, when we speak to first-year nursing students, we talk about all the different nursing roles and domains of practice that they can pursue in their career. And your varied nursing career, um, you know, illustrates the opportunities that nurses can avail of today. So that's, that's really good and to, to know what uh, your background is. Thanks. Joanne, can you tell us a little
0: bit a little bit about the start of your professional journey, the trajectory of your career and how you came into your current position?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, when I started way back, actually, and I talked to some nursing students last week and said, it's funny how things come full circle, because when I did start, I had trouble actually getting a job in nursing. Um, You know, I couldn't get a casual job. I couldn't get a permanent job. And it was probably a few months before I actually got a position and it was a temporary position in Botwood. So I started um, in public health and continuing care. And I have to say, you know, that's the program area that's always been near and dear to my heart. Um, I had some great mentors in my nursing journey and they, you know, they suggested that I should try out for some management or leadership roles that were upcoming. So I did that and I I did get the position and, um, you know, I had varied roles in management. So I was a regional manager of public health nursing. I was the manager of health promotion and wellness. Um, Then I I started to really, I guess, look at my career and um, had some force changes, I guess, in my career as well. Um, So decided to take a position as regional manager of ambulatory services and acute care in 2014. From there, I went into the surgical services director program. And, you know, I, I knew I wanted to continue in leadership. I had a passion for it. Um, I also knew that I wanted to try and, and do something at the higher, the senior level or the executive level. So I applied as the VP of Population Health and the chief nurse at the time. And, you know, as I was successful um, in getting that position. And I guess the rest is history because from there I had varied um, senior management roles. And then when the, the health authority amalgamated um, this past year, I did apply, um, you know, for the position of COO, and um, was given the opportunity to be the provincial chief nursing officer as well, which is, you know, a great privilege. Um, And as you said earlier, I mean, there's so many domains in nursing. I mean, there's a there's an area for everybody, and I think that's something that people need to take with them. You know, you can be in clinical practice, and education, and administration, policy, or research, um, but there's something for all of us. And I think, you know, in the early days, having that Experience um, in public health, and also my master's with a focus on population health. So that broad perspective and social determinant is really an asset right now. You know, as we navigate at COVID, as we're looking at now well-being province. So I think all of that, um, you know, helps me in my professional journey. Thanks, uh, thanks, Joanne, for that.
0: <clears throat> and just going back to something that you said there, right in the beginning, when you talked about, you know, we had some really great mentors. I think we all can uh, kind of talk about that how. Um, having those mentors uh, throughout your career is so very important and sometimes all it takes is that little gentle nudge from somebody and the confidence from somebody else to to apply on those jobs. So so I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it is something I think that all of us can relate to there to having some good nursing mentors. Thanks.
1: And, and gives us the opportunity to be a mentor now as well. Absolutely.
2: Joanne, all I can say is, wow, <laughs> you're, you're a real inspiration for, you know, beginning uh, registered nurses and even nurses that are in their career now and determining what their career path is going to be. So uh, you even give me inspiration. So <laughs> thank you. Um, so your title, the Provincial Chief Nursing Officer of Newfoundland Health Services, Newfoundland and Labrador Health Services, is one of, if not the, the most important uh, and significant leadership position. Um, a nurse can hold within the um, public health uh, healthcare system. Um can you provide us with an overview of what the Provincial Chief Nursing Officer of Newfoundland Health Services Newfoundland Labrador Health Services is responsible for?
1: Yeah. um, First, I'd like to just say, Michelle, you know, thanks to all our wonderful nurses um, that are working in the system. You know, we have many registered nurses, licensed practical nurses. We have nursing students. We have, you know, PCAs, everybody that contributes to the health and well-being of our patients and our community. So, So thanks to every one of you. Um, as I said earlier, you know, it's a true privilege um, to be in this role and, you know, as chief nursing officer for the province, it's, it's a big accountability. And I've had some people, you know, say to me, wow, you know, one for the province um, is that is that realistic? Do we need one per zone? And I think it's, you know, it's a great honor. And the the reason I can do the work that I can do is because of the great team that I have around me. No different than, you know, you have an executive director for the college with a great team. You know, the RNUNL has a president who's great with a great team around them. So there's lots of people um, who get work done because it's not about us. It's about the team that we work with. Um, As part of this role, um, you know, there's competencies for nurse executive leaders. And I mean, you can, you know, look in the literature to the RNAO, to the American Association of Nursing Leadership. But really, it's about, you know, communication, collaboration. It's around, you know, knowledge, leadership, professionalism um, you know, business acumen. It's about making sure that the care that we're delivering um, is focused on the patient and we we look at quality dimensions when we're providing care. Um, I think, you know, in this role right now, it's it's still new. Um, we're only in like six, seven months as part of the new organization, but we have professional practice under this role which gives a great opportunity to look at, you know, what's happening out there in each zone, um, the pockets of excellence that are happening. And then from a, you know, a continuous improvement lens, how can we look at doing things better? So how do we standardize? How do we look at program and policy development? And and not only for nursing, because professional practice um, also incorporates allied health as well. Um, The other thing is also making sure that we're connected as the chief nurse with our frontline staff. And I have the privilege, you know, doing rounding um, with our staff, you know, asking questions to them about, you know, what's important to them. Um, you know, what is it that they would like to see if they could make a change today? We're not always going to be able to do everything, but I think having that voice from the front line and engaging them as we're looking at change is very important.
2: Great. Um, it's really interesting when you talked about competencies, because we we say that you know all registered nurses or nurses have to work within their individual competence and have the necessary knowledge, skills, and judgment. And I guess that applies to it, the senior positions that you've um, you know achieved in your career, that you have to maintain your competency and learn new competencies to be able to um, be sex- successful in these senior management positions. So it's really good to hear that how, how that transpires into the different domains means of practice. So thank you for that.
1: Every day is a learning opportunity for all of us. That's
2: great. And it's also really great how um, your position also reflects like the frontline uh, registered nurse and that you work within collaborative teams. You're just doing it at a a different level, but you're also um, seeking opportunities to collaborate with the frontline as well. So um, really uh, great to see how it reflects, you know, frontline practice. Senior management uh, can, can do that as well. So thank you.
0: Joanne, can you describe what a typical workday looks like for you?
1: Yeah, um, what I would say is every day is different, <laughs> and I love that. Um, you know, I think it's it's a busy portfolio, and as I said, I'm not only the the chief nursing officer, but I'm also the chief operating officer for for Central Zone. So I wear two hats. Um, you know, from my COO role, you know, I'm looking at daily operations of our, within our zone with our team here. Um, we have a senior uh, management team plus a senior medical officer. Um, I'm looking at patient flow. I'm looking at bed utilization, you know, stakeholder engagement, meeting with municipalities. Um, from the nursing perspective, you know, lots of um, interactions, I guess, with stakeholders as well. Um, had the opportunity to meet with Dr. Lee Chapman earlier this year when she visited uh, St. John's. So, great conversation with her around nursing recruitment and retention. Um, you know, speaking engagements and rounding with our frontline staff. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been in St. John's, I've been in Corner Brook for the crest ceremony, uh, for the pledge ceremony. And, you know, it's so, it's so inspiring for us to see those new nurses coming into the profession and, you know, starting to embark on their educational journey. They inspire us. I had somebody come to me and say, you know, my speech was inspiring and this person moved everything that they had to do that day so that they can be there and support the student who was attending because they knew they had no family. I mean, that that's inspiring. That touches us as leaders. Um, You know, I have um, media interactions. Um, You know, I engage with patients if we have complaints or concerns. I may get emails from frontline staff about, you know, some nursing situations that they're concerned about or about you know their workload and and these are important we want to hear from them yes we want them to go to their manager we want them to go to the director but you know my door is always open email is always open if somebody wants to reach out and we will go back and have the conversation and see if we can you know look at a a progressive solution with them and their leadership Um, one of the things i would say is that patient engagement is very important in this role as well because we do look at care from the holistic perspective as nurses, and we want to make sure, and I put this in all of my uh, speeches when I'm talking to students or the graduating classes, we always want to hear that patient voice. So what's important to them? Um, What do they want to tell us about their care? What are some ways that we can improve? And I I had the opportunity over the past couple of weeks to do that as well. And we got another session tomorrow here in our zone. Um, But I just asked one patient, you know, what was important to you about your care? And they said their care is great, nothing, but they didn't like how the appointment and scheduling system was set up. So that's feedback that we can take and go back and have conversations. Do we need to do anything differently there? Nothing without, um, without our patients, right? Nothing for them without them. It's very important.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Joanne, for that. And uh, and for the, for the nurses that are listening, client-centered care being one of our standards, it certainly relates to uh, what you are talking about there, how um, everything is centered around the client and we do everything in the best interest of our clients. So thank you for that.
2: So, Joanne, how does your experience as an RN shape the way in which uh, decisions are made at the executive level and how it benefits the public to have that nursing lens at the table?
1: So, oh, you know, I work with a great executive team um, as a nurse being at that table, it allows me to advocate on behalf of all nurses who are working in our system um, to bring that lens, like you said earlier, you know, regarding the standards of practice. So, you know, ensuring that we're responsible, we're comfortable, um, that we're, you know, looking at knowledge base when we're making decisions, we're client centred, um, you know, it's part of our professional relationships and leadership. The other thing is, um, you know, it allows us to look at program and policy development. As I said earlier, I mean, with my cross continuum experiences now in frontline and in leadership and that population health awareness, you know, it's an exciting time right now in healthcare. We have the Health Accord, which is a 10 year plan for transformation. And we can really see now um, the impact of the social determinants of health. When I started way back, you know, those were words that we talked about in public health. And I remember going out and having conversations with communities around what is health and what does that mean to you? And we've taken, you know, that full change and looking at a system transformation now, which is so exciting. I think everybody has has a role to play. So I think, you know, just bringing that holistic approach, um, that decision making um, and looking at that continuous quality improvement and the eight dimensions of quality as we make decisions around
2: the table. Great. So how does being situated in central Newfoundland have an impact on your role? It's wonderful there's no impact
1: because i think you know we've proven throughout covid that you can live anywhere in the world and uh, you know do the jobs that you need to do unless it's you know hands-on care and i think even then you know when you're looking at ai and virtual care um we've proven that that's an option so you know being in central is great Uh, what i would say is that you know anybody out there who's listening from across the province you can work anywhere um, as part of newfoundland labrador health services um, as COO, I need to be in this zone. Um, that was a requirement of the job. But as CNO, you could, you know, you could be anywhere. You didn't have to be in eastern urban. You could have been in western Labrenville, wherever. And I think that's important to know that, you know, with with teams, with virtual connections, the work can get done. Plus, you can travel around the provinces and need to make sure that you have that engagement uh, with people face to face. But teams is wonderful when you're trying to get your work done.
2: Yeah, we feel the same way. So, Joanne, that's great how you've illustrated how um, virtual platforms are being used now in nursing roles, no matter if it's frontline to senior management. And it's like the college, like we've taken a 180 uh, degree change in the way we approach ways to engage with registered nurses. So nurses provide nursing services everywhere. So we want to engage with nurses everywhere. So our new approach to using these podcasts um, is a new and innovative way to engage with registered nurses, which wouldn't have been heard of before. So really interesting how virtual platforms plays a, a significant role and Teams being a wonderful platform to engage with nurses across the province. Thank you.
0: It goes without saying that the past few years in the healthcare se- sector has, there has been considerable changes. Arguably one of the most significant has been the amalgamation of the regional health authorities and the formation of one provincial health authority. How does such a move impact both nursing practice
1: and how the public receives care? So, um, you know, from a public perspective, I think that, you know, we're always staying with, Um, you know, the mantra that we have, you know, for me as as a chief nurse, I've always said excellence in practice with a heart for our patients. Really, it's how we want to work. We know that from a college perspective, we want to provide safe, competent, compassionate care. And as registered nurses, we follow the standards of practice to do that. Well, we have a vision and a mission as well for the organization. So I don't think, you know, because we're one that the public will see, you know, a, a a negative impact, I guess, to their care delivery. If anything, I think it's an opportunity to be more innovative, uh, to look at standardization across the zones, and to really, as I said, you know, look at that 10-year transformation. Focus on the province now as well-being and the impact um, the social determinants of health have on people's health, and how are we as a system and then collaboration across departments going to work to ensure that we promote, you know, the most um, I guess positive, and enhanced health outcomes that we can with the teams around us. So I think it's you know it's exciting time. Lots of work to be done. As I said, we're still new into into the system right now, um, but you know lots of pockets of excellence that we can take from differing zones and share and look at that standardization across the province. That's great.
0: Yeah. And I, and um, like you said, the social determinants of health is something that I learned about in nursing school as well. And, you know, you hear a little bit about it, but I've never heard more about it than right now um, and how, you know, health really isn't just the absence of illness or disease. It takes in uh, um, uh, different, many different um, areas. Right. So I think that's um, that's really excellent that you're highlighting that for sure.
1: And Jason's story, I mean, years ago when we, you know, worked and looked at, you know, grants and stuff from the Public Health Agency of Canada, Jason's story was a big um, promotion that was used at that time to bring awareness around the social determinants of health. So I think that's a good little story for people to go back and read. You can Google it online and just, you know, really get that perspective outside of the work that's happening with the health accord, because that is our document right now to be guiding principles for us.
2: So Joanne, healthcare challenges are a reality as we've been talking about in almost all jurisdictions around the world and our province is no exception. So how are some of these challenges being addressed and how do you feel there is progress being made? Yeah, I mean there's a lot of work being
1: done and and one of the things we hear when we go out and you know do our walk-arounds is staffing is an issue or concern. Um, you know, I think in every program area right now, health, human resources is is a concern across the globe, you know, in every practice area. But I think there's a lot that's being done to help address that. You know, there's been a number of recruitment missions that have happened provincially. Um, you know, there's a lot of work done from the college perspective and the department with licensure and the improvement to pathways for internationally educated nurses. You know, we work with our partners um, in the RNUNL and with Nate to look at you know collaborative committees around you know work life, around scope of practice, those types of things. Um, you know, there's conversations happening now around mentorship and preceptorship. So I think, you know, even though we have some challenges and and all of us have tough days, no matter where we work, um, there are lots of opportunities for improvement, some great things that have happened right now. And I think, you know, we're on the cusp of seeing, you know, that turn and that change where, you know, things will get better for our staff and for that work-life balance. And, you know, every day you're seeing announcements with, with, you know, the health action plan, you're seeing things happen in zones in terms of family care teams, virtual care. So, lots of, you know, opportunities, I guess, and synergy to work together to create, you know, a more holistic and an improved system.
2: That's good. And, and it's great to see, you know, a lot of these announcements being made by Newfoundland Labrador Health Services and the provincial government. And as you say, we're taking um, active steps as well um, to work with the, the system to create those, you know, improved and and more efficient pathways as well. Yeah.
1: And Um, and I'll just add there, Michelle, before you go on. Oh, yeah, no worries. Even at the granular level, when you look Mm -hmm. at, you know, some of the things happening from a frontline practice perspective, We've had opportunity um, in Central and they are going to look at, you know, cross zones um, around admission assessment practices. So, you know, working with our staff to look at how do we um, revise that? How do we make it more efficient? And do we need to capture everything that's there? So we've been able to take about 20 to 25 minutes off that process and give back to the nurse to put into her day. So, you know, some of these small, simple things that are happening that might not get big recognition, but they're very important for our staff. So it's these types of things that we can look at taking and standardizing and all these little steps help make improvements in the system for those that are working there.
2: Absolutely and you know it can come right from the federal government with you know Dr. Lee Chapman our our chief nurse for the for the country announcing you know the recruitment and retention toolkit but you know the provincial announcements but even those steps as you said at the at the front line is all important things that will help improve um, the quality of care um, for the client and then for the work-life balance for the for the nurses as well. So that's great to hear about all these things that are happening. So the College of Registered Nurses is the regulator for all registered nurses and nurse practitioners in our province. And as you know, our mandate is to set nursing standards and protect the public by um, promoting safe, ethical, competent um, care what's your thoughts on the importance of nursing regulation at present and notably the role it will play in years to come?
1: I mean, I think the college plays a tremendous role in supporting nursing practice across the province. Um, You know, your, your, Your mandate is to protect the public, you know, public safety, client-centered care, and you give us standards that we need to monitor ourselves by as registered nurses to make sure that we are upholding these standards and we're delivering that care in a safe, competent, compassionate way. So, you know, I think, you know, the college is is important in regulation and licensing. And I don't see that changing in the near future. I think we need that. Um, we need that accountability as a professional body and as professional nurses. And, um, you know, as, as our world continues to change, I guess those standards will become even more critical because it's an indicator of the good care that we're providing. And you know, we've seen a lot um in the news about, you know, fake nurses or people buying degrees or credentials or whatever. So I think that regulatory role is is crucial.
2: Great. And Joanne, you talked about nurses being professional and nurses are professional and has a self-regulated. Um, healthcare care professional, we hold that protected title and that protected title, I guess, tells the public and assures the public that they're going to receive um, safe, competent, compassionate and ethical care. So and one of those things that we use, I guess, or um, is an expectation of registered nurses that they adhere to their standards of practice and the code of ethics. And we get calls all the time from the public to say, you know, what's expected, what, what's expected of a, of a nurse? Well, we would tell them and explain to them about the standards of practice, which is those authoritative statements that outline the expectations for practice. So, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really important that, um, you know, nurses, you know, view themselves as a professional. And um, so I think that's really important. So thank you for that. And we try to bring that out as
1: well when we're having those, you know, conversations with the students in the first year program and, yeah. you know, towards the end when they graduate and, you know, reminding them about the standards and the role of the college. And I know Lynn does a great job of saying, you know, connect with me. You want to get extra points on your uh, your coursework or your papers. Um, but also, you know, going back to our students to say that, you know, as Dr. Don Berwick quoted in IHI, you know, we are a guest in our patients lives and you know we make an impact on them every day so we need to make sure that we're following standards of practice and you know people have concerns like you said they can reach out to our client relations but they can also reach out to the college and and put in a complaint or a request there for you know information on what it is we're supposed to do.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, Kelly and I always talk about when we talk either to students or to, you know, nurses that, you know, uh, the regulator operates under a regulatory framework. We promote good practice, we prevent poor practice, and we intervene when practice is unacceptable. So, you know, holding um, podcasts like we are today and having these conversations, we're hoping to be able to remote information that they can use to incorporate into their practice. So they're giving, you know, having, you know, good quality practice, but we're hoping to prevent poor practice as well. So, so really good to hear your perspective on that.
0: Thanks so much, Joanne. So to conclude, for the novice nurse who might be listening, fresh out of their program and ready
1: to start their career, what advice would you give them? So the first thing I say is we want all of them to work with us. <laughs> we have a job for every one of them. And I, I've said that over the past couple of weeks as I've gone around the province. Um, you know, I I'd probably say, you know, nursing is um, is a profession that, you know, requires you to have lifelong learning. Um, you know, there's no two, um, I guess, pathways to somebody's career that are exactly alike and there's so many opportunities for you. So if you take a position in one area, doesn't mean you have to stay there because you can broaden your experience if you go to another uh, program area. And we see that often because people want that varied experience. Um, support each other. I asked a couple of our, our nursing students last week and some of the frontline staff, you know, what are some things you'd like to say to the novice nurse coming out or or to the students starting their program? Um, you know, supporting each other. It is a very rewarding career. Um, there might be challenging days, so always check in on each other. And, you know, remember that client-centered care is so important. Um, you know, we all have tough days, like I said, and I remember I gave something to, and I have it here just to show, I gave this to one of my colleagues. I don't know if you can read it, but it says, remember when you feel like quitting, why you started. I gave that to a friend of mine and she gave it back to me um, a while ago because she was going on to another career. Um, but, you know, it's important to remember the why. And if you look at some of the literature on leadership, you know, Simon Sinek, Um, what is the purpose in the work that you're doing? And at the end of the day, it's because of the people we serve. You know, we have an impact on their lives. And, you know, for us, it's our job. It's our day to day. um, But for them, for many of them, it's a critical time or a vulnerable life event that they're facing. And we need to remember that no matter how tough it gets, um, it could be worse for all of us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, uh, Joanne, for highlighting um, the wonderful opportunities that's out there for um, nurses in the profession uh, right now. It's it's very exciting time, I think, and, and the um, the innovation and the changes that we're seeing in healthcare delivery right now is very exciting, and uh, opportunities are endless. Thanks so much yeah. for that.
2: Yeah. And Joanne, as uh, just alluding to what you said, like nursing in the literature has been touted as the, the most, uh, you know, valued and trusted profession. Um, so, you know, when, you know, clients are, are at their most value, uh, vulnerable, um, they're ha- they have the trust in nursing to, you know, provide them care and to be safe and competent and ethical. And, you know, it's really important that we have that therapeutic, you know, relationship and communication with our clients. So, um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's really important, as you said, and, you know, we want to encourage all our novice nurses that the sky is the limit. And even for our registered nurses, nurse practitioners, licensed practical nurses, that sky is the limit in nursing today. And uh, virtual care will open up many, many um, opportunities for them as well. So thank you
1: agree. You can go anywhere, but we want you to stay here.
0: (laughs) So Joanne, I'd like to thank you again for being our guest. We hope that you come back soon. It's really, truly been a pleasure for both Michelle and I to have this conversation with you today.
1: Thank you for the privilege of being here. And I'll throw out that if anybody has any feedback on how we could do this differently or improve, because we always got to look at it that way, then by all means, um, reach out to both of you or connect with me. Absolutely. Excellent point.
0: This has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and
1: Labrador.